Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. This podcast is brought to you by Grown By. Join farmers from across the U.S. who are selling direct on the first cooperatively owned sales app, Grown By. You can easily manage CSAs of any scale, organize your spring plant sales, move that freezer meat, or even sell wholesale on Grown By. Farm shops are free to build with lots of inventory options. You can accept credit cards and offline payments, and their pick lists and pack sheets do the job. Customers will get automated notifications on orders, refunds, and pickups. There is no startup fees, no monthly or yearly subscriptions, no additional charge for tech support. The only cost is a small co-op service charge for online processing. However, as a listener of the Thriving Farmer podcast, you get 50% off your first three months of co-op service charges on GrownBuy. Email their very friendly farmer support team at grow at farmgenerations.coop to get this offer. Check it out at grownby.com or download the app on the Google Play or Apple App Stores. Grown by the farmer-owned marketplace. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. Today, my guest is Benina Montez of Burroughs Family Farm in California. Uh, Benina has worked tirelessly to make their family orchard become the first certified regenerative orchard organic almond farm in the world. Their farm's focus continues to be bringing regenerative grown products directly to their customers while protecting the soil and water for generations to come. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So give me a little bit of how did you get sucked into agriculture? (laughs) I was born into it. Okay. Uh, My dad grew up on a farm and my mom, you know, he met my mom, they loved ag. So they came back to uh, my dad's family farm. Mm. So then with you, that, are you still on that existing uh, land? Yeah. So um, my great grandfather had a milk delivery business in the East Bay. Um, and he bought a farm in 1906 and milked his own, you know, milked cows and did all that. Uh, my grandfather ended up taking that over. And then in the early 70s, they found the place we're at now in the Central Valley in Merced County. And so um, they moved the dairy down here. My dad and my uncle came back to develop it and get it going. This is where I was born and raised. And then um, when after I graduated from college, I also came back. Mm. Um, now, did you go into a college degree to try to benefit the farm or was more of like after you finished the, the college, you're like, I just want to come back? In sixth grade, um, my mom actually drove my two brothers to the Bay Area. They would leave Monday, come home Wednesday, go Thursday, come home Friday. And my older sister had started high school. And so I got to hang out with my dad my sixth grade year. We'd mm. leave the house around 620 and I got to be with him until he dropped me off at the bus. And then, you know, sometimes in the afternoon, I got to hang out with him. And I just loved it. I think the biggest thing was when um, was when the beef cows were calving. I mean, I remember one morning I got to help pull a calf uh, before school, like no time to change clothes or do anything. But I think that just, you know, really got me loving, loving farming. Um, You know, growing up, we had corn, we had alfalfa, you know, we're irrigating. Mm. But our family really uh, worked with the beef cattle a lot. 
And so in sixth grade, I, I told my dad, hey, I'm going to go to Cal Poly. I'm going to be an animal science major. I'm going to live at the beef unit. Like, I want to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one was my sister who didn't know what she wanted to do. Ended up doing all the things first. So, of course, I had to do something different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So an, a almond farm. Um, when did the almonds start? So that started as a diversification in 1988. They planted the first block. And, you know, that was kind of like a little bit crazy. We're in the so, rolling hills. So. So 35 years ago. Yep. Now you still have the, I tell me a little bit about almond farming. Cause I really do not know a lot. Um, is so, 35 years old. You still have the existing almonds. We do not. Okay. Um, they, you know, it depends on how you farm them. Right. So mm-hmm. there's some orchards that come out after 20 years and there's some orchards that, you know, are over 30. Some people just replant as a tree goes over, you know, it just depends on your philosophy and how, what your farming style is. Mm-hmm. And so renovating an almond orchard, how big do these trees get? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, there's different, you know, planting spacings. Okay. Yeah. Right now are about 22 feet by uh, 18 feet. But okay. again, there's variability on our farm as well. Um, since we are organic, we're trying to leave a little bit more space for airflow and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're over 20 feet tall, I think. Um, they're, they're, they're fairly big, but they're like not as big as a walnut. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So they're a bit smaller than that. Now, is this one of those, I have seen these pictures of like these massive machines going through and slicing the tops off. Is this something that's an almond or is that a walnut that I'm seeing? Of our pictures? No, um, this was just, I've seen pictures online and I know oh, it's fruit in California, but I'm not it sure. It could if be it's... either one because oh, okay. so expensive. Um, a lot of farmers are using the hedgers and poppers to, you know, what, that could be in fruit trees and it could be in nuts as well. Okay. All right. So then with almonds, is that something where it's typically um, bare farmed where there's nothing below or are these something where you do keep product uh, like a, like a polyculture below it? I would say that, that there's both. So, I mean, historically it was like, keep it super clean. Mm-hmm. There's seasonality to almonds. So during the frost season, especially, and if you're on flat ground, it's like, just keep it clean. It's, you know, easier to manage. You don't have to do much. You just, you know, spray your chemicals and keep it clean. Um, now, especially as we're not just on flat ground anymore, people will want to have some kind of cover crop, whether it's an intentional planted one or just volunteer vegetation that's coming up because it allows them to get into their fields and, you know, it has some traction for the tractors if they're having to do a bloom spray. But once you go into harvest, everybody wants a really clean slick orchard floor with no vegetation mm-hmm. so that when you shake the tree and the nuts drop to the floor and you sweep them into a windrow you know you have really clean product which leads to you know a cleaner quality correct nut. yeah okay so then um do you use like those shaker machines which shake the entire tree to drop the almonds yes historically that's what we've done but i'm really excited for the change that our farm is going to start doing. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, so we, when I came back, we were farming conventionally. We had 647 acres of almonds. Um, 
in 2006, we started transitioning to our first block. And I would say our mentality was more of just the, like, we used to use this, now we can use that. Mm. Inserting a different product that was OMRI certified or, you know, on the organic list. And I mean, we definitely noticed changes just by doing that. But my parents started going to different um, conferences and here, you know, the talk of regenerative farming was, was coming in a lot. And so I wasn't quite sure about it. I mean, I thought, well, we're already doing organic. That's good enough. But um, there was a, there was a study over three years done comparing regenerative to conventional and not all regenerative practices are exclusively organic by any means, but they kind of lumped the farms that way, conventional and regenerative. And so seeing those results, you know, better water penetration, better water holding capacity, you know, more variety on bugs and insects and rodents and all that stuff. And when I saw that, I got really, really excited about regenerative farming and just getting away from relying on so much outside inputs and figuring out how we can dial it in a little better. So this year, we're actually going to use a toll harvester. So it's um, two machines that go on either side of the tree. Each head has its own shaker head. And so it'll shake the tree, drop onto this machine, and then it'll go onto the floor into windrow and be dry with the sun and then be picked up and taken to the elevator. Okay, so just a minute. The almonds need to dry is what you're saying. Yeah, so there's three parts for what uh-huh. is shaken off of the tree. On the outside, you have a hole, which yep. is used for dairy feed uh, mainly or for you know cattle feed. Then there's a shell, which you can use for bedding. Yep. And then the actual nut, nut meat is inside of there. Okay, so the shell would be similar to, let's say, like the, sorry, not the shell, the husk would be similar to, let's say, you see on like a walnut or something, that that bigger part, and that's kind of, as you said, it's something that's edible. Yeah, so there is a hole, I believe, on walnuts that peels off, and then they have like that hard shell that looks like a brain. Correct. That's not the hole for almonds. Okay, it's a different, it's more of a, thin, it's yeah. a thinner hole. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to actually pull up a picture of an almond so I can understand what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit, though, while I do that, why don't you share a little bit about, like you said, you know, some of the things you're doing is just switching out, like, you know, using a organic spray. What did it take to do a regenerative or, you know, certified regenerative organic farm? Talk to a little bit about the kind of like the, what went through with that process. So the kind of five, six main principles for regenerative farming would be keeping the soil covered and mm-hmm. having roots going, you know, under there, uh, not tilling, not using synthetic herbicides and pesticides, having diversity and integrating livestock. So mm-hmm. for us, you know, it's just, we've just been on this transition to, you know, to going this way you know, it started with organic and we've always planted cover crops in our young, you know, one through three-year-old almonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this year we're going to go ahead and plant intentional cover crops in our older trees. Uh, we just would let the volunteer come up. Yeah. And so keeping the soil covered, um, not tilling, you know, for the most part, we try not to till anything. There has been an occasion 
where we've done it uh, historically, but going forward, like that's not something that we want to have to do. Um, having some diversity, you know, so we've got some olives, we've got some olive hedgerows, we've got walnuts, almonds, um, and then through the farm, we have hedgerows planted that have, there could be fruit trees, there could be roses, there could be a native plant or something that is in bloom. Um, my mom intentionally tried to have something in bloom every day of the year so that there was something for the native pollinators to feed on. And so it's providing habitat for birds and other insects. Um, so then also integrating livestock. This, we've, we've grazed some uh, young heifers in the fields. Um, they're you know obviously a little bigger. It wasn't the perfect fit for us. We have had chickens out there at times, but um, the sheep were the were the main addition that worked for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we added, we initially purchased about 750 head of pregnant ewes. That was February of 21. Um, so the biggest thing though is context for regenerative and just, you know, what works here may not work for someone else, but just knowing where you're at and what you can start incorporating or taking away for your individual film. Gotcha. Yeah. Now with the, so you said intentional cover crops underneath, is that something where the regenerative label wants you to have cover crops a certain number of months every year underneath the almonds or? Um, there's nothing like formal. It's just there. They want to know, you know, what, what you're doing. Um, you have to take soil samples initially. And then every third, three years after that to be verifying it. Um, there's the social piece as well that they come and verify and you have to be certified organic first mm -hmm. to be certified regenerative organic through the regenerative organic Alliance. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you talked about some olive trees and you talked about olive trees, hedgerows. Talk a little bit about that. How does that work? We, we ended up planting, uh, between our neighbors, a hedgerow of olives. I mean, we can harvest it and come up with oil, but also it's a kind of a nice buffer mm. for our property. Gotcha. Okay. And um, what does olive growing look like in California? Is that something where you shake the trees or is it hand harvest or? We do both. We have, it's, it's high density. So it's 670 trees per acre and they're on, okay. uh, yeah, they have a wire. Um, but we, the, the hedgerow, there's actually not enough room. So that one is, is hand harvested and the gotcha. other one is technically harvested kind of like a grape harvester is what it looks like. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, now share a little bit about um, your sales outlets. How do you sell all the product that you're producing? We historically just sold, you know, truckloads of bulk brown skin almonds. And we still do quite a bit of that um, with some of our customers. Um, but we're currently trying to build our brand, Burroughs Family Farms. Um, since we're the first certified farm, we went ahead and over the last 10 years, we've had flavored almonds and almond butters and olive oil, mm -hmm. uh, but now we're going into more retail. So um, we'll be launching with Whole Foods in August on the oh, West very cool. Coast. Yeah. And um, we're going we're gonna to try that route and um, be able to you know, produce this product that we think is good and be able to tell our story 
and share that. Awesome. All right. So then um, you, uh, so you've basically in the past just sold organic almonds and mm -hmm. um, what does the price difference look like on wholesale levels for organic versus conventional almonds? Is it double? Oh, I mean, it's not, we're not just bagging the brown skin almonds into a bag. Um, you know, we're roasting, we're grinding, we're turning it into butter. Gotcha. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, by the time you add all those, it's for sure probably double. Um, and especially when you have to start adding in the cost of distribution and marketing and mm -hmm. breakage and, you know, all those things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now with the sheep, talk to us a little bit about the sheep. It looks like they graze underneath some of the trees at some point during the year. Yeah. So we switched our lambing season to try and match the grass that we're getting. Um, but we're on double drip irrigation. So we cannot just irrigate and hope that it's solid ground cover coming up. So we lamb in um, September, October, so that ideally if we get some rains, the when the lambs are you know starting to eat they'll have mm -hmm. nice green grass to be growing with okay so double drip means that there's two lines of drip one either side of the trees correct yeah and, and we so, actually, yeah go ahead. well so you can't overhead irrigation and, and irrigate the entire uh 600 acres is what you're saying correct okay and that's just because you don't have enough water in the area well, yeah, I mean, we're limited on how much water we can use. And so we, by using the double drip, we're specifically irrigating just with the tree needs. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool. But you, you were saying something that kind of rearranged where we're going. Oh, all of our hoses are up in the tree. So if we need to, you know, mow or, you know, work, do anything on the ground with the hoses in the tree, it's very easy to see where there's leaks and they're out of the way. Okay. So I'm sitting here looking at a little sheepdog cam that you guys did on your Instagram and I'm seeing those, those, uh, the, the hoses right in the trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. You have it's Burroughs family farms with dots between the words that's on Instagram. So folks should go check that out. Cause it's very cool to see you guys do a really good job of sharing like the different things as well as like the different products you guys have. Um, yeah, I'd love to carry those products in our store. Um, now you also share some pictures of chickens. Um, do you guys do broilers as well? Yeah. So my husband and I, in 2010, took over the organic pastured chickens that my sister and brother-in-law were doing. Mm. And so, um, we've got about 40 acres of pasture that we can utilize for them. And at times we'll put them, so that's all for egg layers mm -hmm. uh, mainly, but we do like to raise our own chickens. So for meat. And so we always do extra for the people that are interested in. in gotcha. That. That's something that I also want to increase. Um, you know, as we're moving through and going towards this more regenerative way, I want to be able to just continue to keep adding more to the same acreage. So instead of waiting for three years for the almonds to come into production, I want to be able to run some broilers or some turkeys in our young trees down the mm. road so we can be fertilizing and adding diversity, but also having another product. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Thriving Farmers listeners. Did you know that customers buy nearly 30% more when shopping on an app? 
I mean, it makes sense. An app keeps your products top of mind and easy for your customers to order again and again. That's why my farm and hundreds of farmers across the country are selling on GrownBuy, the farmer-owned marketplace. I'm Lindsay Leshashoot, co-founder and farmer. With GrownBuy, your CSA or market customers are always connected to your farm because your store is on the app. They can favorite your farm, leave you a review, and get order notifications. It's basically a farmer's market in their pocket. This year, we use GrownBuy on my farm to sell hundreds of CSA shares, seasonal pies, whole lambs, quarter pigs, and Thanksgiving turkeys. Our customers love it because it is just easy. They don't have to remember our website or anything like that. We're just there on their phones, on the app. GrownBuy is the only farmer-owned sales platform, and we'd love to help you sell more next season. Setting up shop takes less than an hour. We charge a 2% co-op fee per transaction, but customers can cover it for you, so the cost turns out to be pretty minimal and well worth the investment because you have saved time and sold more. Listeners to the Thriving Farmers podcast get 50% off their first three months on GrownBuy. Just email us at grow, G-R-O-W, at farmgenerations.coop to get this offer, and Michael will link to us in today's show notes. You can find GrownBuy at grownby.com, G-R-O-W-N-B-Y.com, or on the Google Play or Apple App Stores under GrownBuy. I look forward to seeing your farm on GrownBuy this season. Cool. So talk to me a little bit about, this is a family operation. There's a lot of family involved. How do you differentiate between what each of you do? So that's a good question. And it started with my grandpa and his brother having to go through a split at some point. Mm. And my dad and my uncle farmed together for quite a while. And then as my generation was coming in, my, they decided to go ahead and split as well. So because of those two things, my parents didn't want us to have to go through that. So my sister and her husband um, farm on the south side of the ranch. They have an organic pasture dairy with three pivots. And and we work together because on my property, we have the shop and the fuel and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, and like right now, the sheep just grazed part of their area that needed to be grazed. And then on the north side, um, it's no longer milking cows, but my brother had a dairy also on the north side of the place and I was kind of in the middle. So Mm -hmm. that's how we kind of work together. Uh, I didn't do animals for, you know, 20 years. I mean, I grew up working on the dairy and helping with the beef cattle, but then we just had trees and didn't do too many animals. And then we got all these sheep. So you know, my sister-in-law is super savvy. And so she's on the, on the speed dial for when I want to, you know, when I need to ask a question about what's going on there. Um, but if any of them, you know, I help them sell their beef. Um, we just, we still do work together, even though it's not formally. And actually now my sister's come in and she's actually uh, running our office. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, all right. And then, so, I mean, I mean, like me and my brother, when we started farming back in, what was it? 2004, we only survived a couple of years and we realized just, it wasn't a good fit. Um, and you know, it's sometimes it just isn't that. And I'm assuming though, when they split that you guys have to also split land. So that meant that your land base shrunk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, 
there's still enough land on each place but yeah that's what's nerve-wracking and for me I we have four children and it's like yeah how's that gonna work so um I definitely don't want to come into what what happens with a lot of families you know one wants to farm the rest don't so then they're like well just we're just gonna sell everything because we want our cut or whatever so I think um estate planning is very important my parents have um worked really hard on that and and my grandparents did as well because out of, out of my dad and his four siblings you know five total they um they worked hard to make sure that you know all five kids were taken care of well absolutely and california land is incredibly expensive right <laughs> so um yeah so yeah so it's interesting to see how you guys have continued to diversify and your latest here, you're going with the full line of these um, ready-to-eat foods, which is a whole nother level as well. Now, is that something where you're producing it and then it's being processed by a co-packer or is you've actually put, done that on site? Um, no, it's not on site. So we're part of a co-op called Livingston Farmers Association that does the, the first step, which is hauling and shelling. Okay. And then it goes to um, a handler where it's um, cleaned and processed. And then we partnered in a, fa a facility um that's about 15 minutes away where we can do the roasting and the grinding and flavoring okay so then yeah so there's a lot of people involved yeah and i am very proud of the fact that our products aren't being shipped you know my you know hundreds and hundreds of miles around to be processed mm -hmm. uh, probably within a 15 mile radius all of that's getting done Mm -hmm. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. 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 Now, um, share a little bit about like, so the team for the listing farm there, I'm assuming you have kind of like your management team and then do you have H2A, which is most of the labor or how does the, how does the work get done? Yeah, it definitely takes a team effort. Um, when I first started, I was doing managing and taking care of the office. And I think we had like five guys, mm -hmm. um, and now we, yeah, now we have two people in the office full-time. We have a ranch manager. We have a farm foreman or ranch foreman. We have two guys in the, in the shop and then um, about 15 outside helping with mowing the sheep, the chickens, um, irrigating all the different, different deals. We actually don't have any H2A. Okay. Uh, it's all just but, local guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. I really, um, I really appreciate everybody that helps us. Um, it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, Raul, who is our foreman, he's actually been helping us for over 30 years. His older brother actually helped my dad when they first moved down here, develop, you know, fencing and irrigation and all this stuff. Uh -huh. And Raul is one of 13 siblings and all but one have lived on the ranch and all but two have worked on our farm. Oh, and wow. so it's really cool that his older brother helped my dad. And now he, if it wasn't for him, we definitely wouldn't have gone organic. And mm, okay. number one, <clears throat> to have to work with a girl, to have to work with a female. I mean, he was super open-minded for that. And every time I would ask, Hey, could, can we do it this way or can we try this or what do you think about not doing that you know mm -hmm. you know think about it and be like you know what yeah let's let's do it and so uh, if it wasn't for his attitude on being able to adapt or change or think differently mm -hmm. um, we definitely wouldn't be where we are today 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Now you are near, pretty near a dairy. Is that a conventional dairy that you're pretty close to? Yeah, that's the one that we all grew up on helping. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's still a conventional dairy to these days, this day. Yep. My cousin runs it. Okay. Very cool. And then all the fields around, are those the tree crops that I'm seeing? So he also started, my cousin also started planting almonds. I mean, they're just, they're just so unique in how well they grow in this area. Gotcha. Um, historically, you know, they've just been really, really yeah. good. But right now they're kind of in kind of down, but um, so the trees surrounding his dairy are actually his. Um, gotcha. Okay. And, yeah. And he has crops around there too. So I am farther in. So one nice thing, we, we don't have to deal with any like street traffic or people mm -hmm. dumping garbage on our land because we're, we're farther in on the farm. Gotcha. So I'm looking at where the Google comes up as uh, the family farm. Are you to the north then a little bit with some of those with your trees or the, the west a little bit, maybe west north? We are north and we're east. And, and then, east. Okay. I am looking yeah. where the east. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then if you follow that map down south, you kind of pass the conventional dairy and then we pick up again. Um, gotcha. A mile south of there. Okay, so where the creek or river takes a real, um, real basically uh, south bend and then back north again. Do you guys have trees up in there? I'm pulling it up too, so I can. <laughs> I love the Google Map and see different farms and check them out. Yeah, for sure. So you followed it down, and then what did you say? So yeah, if you basically where the your home base looks like where it says Burroughs Family Farm, if you keep going east Monte Vista Avenue, keep going to the east. Mm -hmm. um, if you see where Dry Creek kind of turns a sharp south and then goes right around and almost comes right back north again. Do you is that as far as where you guys go, or is it not as you're not as big as that? We are um we are <laughs> I'm trying to just so there's like a big S curve. Yes. Comes north. And then uh that's where we start. Where there's okay. kind of a little bit of an open. Yep. Yep. Right north of there. That's that's us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. So there's parts, um, parts where we are along the creek, and then and then we stop for a little bit and then we pick it back up. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm assuming you said the almonds are a little bit more on, you know, undulating or a little bit uh, hilly ground, right? Right. I mean, we have some that is flat, yeah. but most of it is, is rolling hills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm basically looking at where the closest Google map is. And it basically is almost just like the road ends pretty much where that is. And all you see is looks like almond trees. So. Yep. Exactly. Very cool. Um, all right. Anything else you want to share? Um, I guess I just am excited to be doing this and be on this path that we're on. And I hope that other farmers question why they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. Because um, I feel like something that we end up doing is like, well, that's not the way you do it, you know? Mm. So um, I just hope that we continue to ask questions and be open-minded and willing to try new things. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, the website is burrowsfamilyfarms.com and that's B-U-R-R-O-U-G-H-S familyfarms with an S.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook. And um, now are your products, are you selling wholesale to other farmers or are you just trying to go the big route with, with Whole Foods right now? 
Uh, no, we sell to we sell wholesale to other people that are reselling. Okay. Um, yeah, we kind of have are available to do whatever. Okay, awesome. So they can just go to your website and find that information. So yeah, I will definitely be heading over there to check that out because I'd love to carry your products in our store. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate you coming on and sharing about your journey and uh, kind of, it's exciting to see, you know, again, more and more farms going organic, but then also taking the next step and doing the regenerative organic and, uh, you know, really understanding that organic may not be the end all for the labels. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. So there you have it. Another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.